to the non-duality. And this is just an understanding. In some Buddhism, they call it, they call understandings a view, and then there's vision. Yes, vision is different than an understanding or a view. A view can uh, frame or allow the vision to have more play here, but the view doesn't experience, doesn't produce a vision. But the vision is what illuminates the view. Yes, so you're so we have we find understandings here. And some of those understandings allow the vision to have more play than certain other understandings, yes? So the understanding of non-duality plays that role in a way. So, but what's going to illuminate non-duality isn't an understanding, it's going to be us. We are that. We are the light. Yeah. So there's a great Zen master, Hoang Po, that says, or did say, that uh, whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. So we just cut this hole out. So basically, the boot gets knocked off the Monopoly board. <laughs> all the boots, all the uh, Eiffel Towers, everything. So whatever can be perceived can, may, cannot be perceived. So <laughs> that just totally erases volumes and volumes of, of what you would call maybe faulty views. You know, So get all that out of the way. Like a just, it's like a giant cornfield with one gets totally cut down to the root. Yeah. So whatever can be perceived cannot be perceived. Whatever can be perceived. So I'm seeing you, you're not perceived. This body isn't perceiving, nor is this body perceiving, because you're seeing this. Yeah. Yeah. In your experience, this is an object. In my experience, that's an object. In our traveling every day, we take ourselves to be the subject. We think there's certain hybrid has occurred where subject has molded with object, yeah? But in fact, it's a dichotomy. It's a way of dreaming. So we have a dualistic way of dreaming, and the root of it is subject-object. So once you take this object to be the subject, then what's truly the subject gets objectified. So now you start looking for something called enlightenment or peace or awakening, but you don't, you see your role in all that, but as a body. The subject-object little hybrid is going to do something to get peace, or it's going to work really hard and arrive at enlightenment. And just as it is, it's going to be given this boon of enlightenment. But which enlightenment is the opposite of that, which is really the cessation of all suffering. And this dilemma of subject-object is the root of suffering. Yeah. Because here, we're mistaking what we are, taking it to be an object, and therefore, with the, for this object to be the subject, subjectivity has to be objectified. That's just how it works, yeah? If this object is crowned to be me, which calls it the subject of all subjects, yeah? As soon as that's in place, it has to, to retain its throne of being the subject, it has to objectify subjectivity. So it has to make what's looking something to be looked for. Yeah? Enlightenment, peace, awakening. You see? It's a little trick. A little trick. And then the selfing, the identification as the body, the act of being identified as the body, does an incredible maneuver. There's a great, there's a great master, Ram Maharshi, that puts it quite succinctly, which is, there's a presupposing, this is like the birth of the mental state. Yeah? 
the presupposing of a non-existent thing and as soon as that's in place then and then there's a wanting to get salvation for the non-existent thing now the only way, way there could be any salvation concerning the non-existent thing is from the non-existent thing why? because it's non-existent and how long would that ha- how long would it take to get rid of a non-existent thing no time and when it dawned on you Yes, that this non-existent thing takes there's some chairs here too. Takes no time to get out of, right? You'll realize you've never not been that that thing. That's not the thing. You never not been the absence of the non-existent thing. Yeah, that's the presence in a way. You see, it's a trip. So the mental state is confronted with a huge dilemma because what you are in expression here is conscious contact. Yeah. We're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Everyone who's driving on the road, everyone in this room, the basis of your whole of the whole event, of any event, is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And then there's the mental state going over what was seen, heard, felt, tasted, and touched, or imagining what was seen, heard. More more likely, it's more of an imagining of what was seen, heard, felt, tasted, touched. Yes? So the conscious contact and the conscious contact, if you just notice it, doesn't demonstrate any thought or effort. Are you having? Are you really working to see today? Yeah. You could maybe did your little stretches in the morning, a little yoga, this and that, but you didn't go to a seeing class. You know? <laughs> I'm going to relax. And <laughs> I'm seeing better. <laughs> Show me a picture, Rama. I'm so <laughs> now I'm seeing. No. It's, it's a condition. It's a prior condition to conditions. Yeah, it's the baseline. It's the baseline. You're not the experiencer. Conscious contact is the experiencer. The mental state comes after the conscious contact, and so the conscious contact. I humbly, humbly share with you that it has never demonstrated any thought or effort ever. Now, my eyes may have been shut from getting hit for something, and my ears may have been clogged, but the fact is, once the ear got open, it didn't say, okay, you know, it wasn't like, come on out, consciousness, come on out, I know you don't want to, no, it was like that, I mean, it's sort of like when you, when you pull the shade in a room, and the light doesn't go, oh, I'm going to just slowly, it's just light, right, it's like, whoa, how fast is that? It's not like lights are like the blob and that moving an inch. And there's darkness. No. What? It's so quick. So that's sort of what I would say is our... The basic demonstration of what we are in manifestation. Yeah? is subconsciousness in contact. You could have 30 sense doors and you'd have 30 experiences. Some insects, I think they say they have seven, so they're having seven different experiences. Yeah? Everything, if you put it through a different camera, the vision sees things differently. Like cats supposedly see infrared, whatever. Yes? They're not going, the cat says, I'm going to see infrared. No, it's just seeing infrared. There's <laughs> no happening. The cat isn't happening to be a cat. It's just being a cat. It's actually got a lot. It's most. It's closer to the heartbeat of the event than we are, really. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's got a pretty good idea. We clean up its shit and feed it every day. I mean, they got a good angle there. Come on in. Get a grab a chair there. Throw that guy his chair. Throw that man a chair. Well, sit right here, my friend, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the conscious contact. That's the baseline. Now you can check it out. Your own, your own experience. Yeah. And then a mental process comes after. So the mental process isn't does not come before the conscious contact. It comes after the conscious contact. But the mental process coming after the conscious contact implies that it's before the conscious contact. That's the idea of presupposing the non-existent thing. So the supposing is sort of like assuming, I'm supposing this is what's happening, but you know, there's no factual basis, but you're assuming and supposing. But the pre is even better, because when you assume that you're, you're Paul now, it's pre-assumed that you are the one before consciousness, that you're the one who's conscious. This is amazing heist. It really is. It's like a time bandit. It uses time because we feel like we're relegated in this thing of moving from this point to another point, like a linear thing called time. But the mental state doesn't play that game. The mental state takes something that comes after its own proposition that you're a thing, and then implies that it's before the conscious contact. So suddenly, the phantom that's made up in the mental process is now the one who's conscious. So now it's playing God, in a sense, with the God-like qualities of consciousness. So now I'm the one who's conscious, and then you can go to insane lengths where I can become more conscious, and conversely, which is what happens mostly to people, is I can be less conscious. <laughs> so suddenly, that which shows no thought or effort to be what it is, suddenly, there's a lot of thought and effort involved in it. Is it? Really? I mean, it's what a heist. That which is demonstrating no thought or effort, hey, I'm just wide awake. <laughs> suddenly, the mental state implies I, Paul, the me of all these, is the one who's conscious, and fuck, Paul, you've got to get on with it. You're not as conscious as you were a year ago when you were at the retreat. You know, you kind of come on, up that conscious game. So now suddenly you become the purveyor of consciousness when actually the sense of you is an afterthought. So that which comes after now implies it's before. So that which comes after, which has no ability to obscure the light, when it is implied to be before, it can obscure the light. It can be obscure the light of what you are by its precedence. It's now before it. So now, you're not recognizing, you're not having that basic common sense of your light, you know, you're awake, and now it's like, that thing is going to now run the show about how, are you, how much light or not light you're going to get. Because that which came after, which cannot obscure the light, if it seemed to be before, it can seemingly obscure the light. Which means it can appear to be true or false to you. So, with the wool over your eyes, you can be fooled, seemingly. Yeah. And that's what happens. It's just a little trip. It's like... It's checkmate is imaginary. <laughs> checkmate. 
I'm the one who's conscious. Yeah? <laughs> That's what it does. Trick me. <laughs> but, you, know, you, you are losing the game. No. I mean, my, my switcheroo move. Check me. I, I presuppose myself before you. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. I'm the one who's generating the consciousness. Yeah. When I look, I don't see you. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's in place and then it just riffs it's just riffing it knows it's a bogus it's no, it knows it's a fraud that's why it's in such anxiety but it's going to ride the horse you give it all day <laughs> it's going to brand it put a, buy a fucking saddle with your initials in it you're going to be everything is going to come under its proprietary brand Yes, yes, I did this, I did that, I saw this, I heard that, da 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 It's claiming the shit out of everything. It's like if you walked into Walmart and you claimed everything all at once. Like on Black Friday. You had the one piece that beat all the fucking rabbit tight. No, I claimed everything! Get your hands off of that TV, it's mine! That's mine! Literally, that's what it's like. It's insane. I was, you can see it. That which comes after has no influence on that which comes before unless it's held to be before that which comes before. Then it seems to have huge fucking influence. Yeah? It's a little switcheroo. And we're marching in the idea that we think is time, which is this present moment, this giant tsunami of the past with fucking a lot of shit rising over us all day, which causes us to keep looking for a better moment in our future. So we're like, all day. <laughs> so we're haunted by the past in this moment, and it's going, shoo, and we're going into a better moment fast. It's coming, it's coming. What? The past! It's coming! <laughs> that should be a good horror movie. The past! <laughs> Play it out in everyone's own head. Just sit there. Nothing's happening in the movie. Exactly. <laughs> That's the true horror of the past. Nothing actually is happening. Oh, wow. What is he reacting to? What's not happening? <laughs> That was the scariest film I ever saw. <laughs> if, they, if you're not going to be compelled to work towards the future, just bring some fucking pass on the <laughs> So it has this idea of time that we seem to be on, but it doesn't play by that game. Its whole basis is, it's a conjecture, an idea that it comes up after the fact, and that it suddenly becomes implied to be before all facts. That's it. That's really the rub. And so some of the most succinct pointers of spirituality just go to that point, which is the presupposing of a non-existent thing, wanting to get salvation for a non-existent thing. If that's the case, then all your spiritual practices themselves will be used to reinforce the non-existent thing. How can they destroy the non-existent thing? Voila! You only need two classes, those two classes. You don't have to go to a school of higher learning. 
In spirituality, you need two classes. You need the class that points out, hey, bro, there may be a presupposing or non-existent thing that's looking for a fucking salvation, but for the non-existent thing. So that, that urge to get out of the place that you think you're in seems valid only based on the reality of what you think you're in. If you're not in what you think you're in, then the best way to get out of that is to realize you're not in it. And how long will that take? No freaking time. And does it rise again? No. The non-existent thing has never risen. It rises, it's, master, it's you, you as what you are, masquerading as something that you're not. The plug, the plug can be pulled immediately. Yeah. It's a projection. The whole dance is going like this. It gets our interest attention because we seem to be in it. And then it's our light that allows it to be projected as a reality. That's all it is. If you, start, if you take away the light, it's nothing. The puppet show can't even be seen on the screen. It's all this is just fucking insane moving around constantly. doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The idea of what's not happening, overriding this event of what's happening, is one of the most insane fucking ideas you can ever imagine. And most people are driven today, not by today, but by yesterday and tomorrow. That's insane, right there. Makes no sense, no common sense, nothing. To start from a place of displacement, and then expect anything else to really line up and get stable, when it's like Jesus said, you're building a house on shit on sand. Yeah. You may have a beautiful house and well-decorated and three baths and everything like that, but you're on shaky ground because the basis, can, is, the basis is totally false. So this is all the, to me, the spiritual giants would always point out. Hawaiian Po clears the deck, clears the whole cornfield of mental concepts. Then he says, hey, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. So if there's a seeking for the Buddha or for a seeking for the light, something has happened. That that intention, that entertainment has now made become an intention. The mental state took that ability to just rest in what you are and now is focused into arriving at what you are, which from what you're not. Yeah? It takes that sense of presence and puts it to a job. It's like this space of just being relaxed awareness suddenly gets focused, and that focus is, its whole point is to arrive at relaxed awareness. Not realizing, choking the relaxed awareness and focusing it is what's causing it not to seem to be so. So you're using relaxed awareness to seek for relaxed awareness. You're using the Buddha to seek for the Buddha. You're using mind, bigger mind, to seek for mind. You're using light to seek for light. It can only make total sense, and it can, it, can, it can fuel years and years of seeking if there's a sense you're something other than the light, the Buddha, and the bigger mind. As soon as that little correction occurs, it seems absurd to be looking for what you are. Because the sense of looking from what you are is always available at all times. Nothing has ever changed, ever. In this case of what we are, nothing has changed. Incessant brilliance, always available, all times. Suddenly the ability of outshine circumstances and situations becomes available when before we were trying to dig ourselves under situations and circumstances. Just dig ourselves out from under it. 
Now you can outshine it. Not with any thought or effort, just as a byproduct of what you are. You can enjoy peace of mind. Not as, oh, it doesn't have 800 pages of what you had to go through. And then suddenly you arrive at the peak and I can enjoy... No, it says you can enjoy peace of mind. Now. (laughs) Now, the mental state would love to... Here, bro, here. The mental state would love because in the 800-page attempt to arrive at peace of mind, it's the star of the whole show. It loves that. If it could, it has, it has no interest in being what it is. It has, it may have a huge interest in finding what it is from what it's not. It could be totally, it could be fueled to do insane things if the pursuit is, I'm, I'm doing all this to find what I am. You'll sit for 14 hours a day Drink soup, lose 20 pounds in three weeks, and the Thai, not saying anyone did that, but in a forest monastery, you'll fucking become a skeleton, totally, totally wired from lack of food and protein nutrition, going out of your mind, experiencing fucking incredible things, but as soon as you leave, a day later, the fucking, you know, you go into the closet and you put on Paul again, quite easily. Fucking breaks it off. Now you have a little gold episode because, oh, yeah, my resume is building. I've been able to retreat here, retreat there, I did this positive, on and on and on. So you feel a whole lot better because you're like the canal owner. You let a little bit of okayness in the mental state. It's like the, it's like a fucking miserly sphincter. You gotta do so much of it with a little spiritual fart can happen. You feel fucking pretty good for a little while. But no, <laughs> Baby, please. Oh, I oh, I feel so good. <laughs> then that which seemingly caused to be okay now is is used to beat you up when you're not practicing sufficiently, based on who, on your own fucking criteria. Your head's playing God. I've seen people. What? I see people, meditation's great, but meditation, when the mental state gets it, can use it, and if you miss your meditation in the morning, your whole fucking week is blown. I mean, you got, now you got to go home at lunch and say, got to make up for that, I missed that. Who's, it's like, who set up the bars? You did. You set up the whole race and the obstacle course. You're, the, you're in complete cahoots. You know, but in a way, it sits there like a mental accountant and it checks if you accrued enough value from its point of view. Okay, you've done enough fuck enough. Yeah, you can watch that movie. All right? Oh, fuck, I can do Oh, no, then it changes the rules tomorrow. You fucking idiot. You, you gave me permission to be nice. No, you shouldn't be nice to me. You know, it blows up your sinuses. Oh, my <laughs> How am I doing? Not well. You <laughs> don't have a job. You know, you're old. You don't have any money. You have no future. You're basically fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, thanks, old wise one. <laughs> Thank you. You got a lot of you got a lot of catching up to do, Paul. You've been sitting on your laurels for too long. Your spiritual muscles are flabby. You got to get in there. You've been you've been riding this wave. All that effort produced thousands, you know, twenty years ago. You got to fucking paddle again. No. <laughs> 
So my humble feeling, really, if you can see that, because a lot of times you go to beautiful meetings and they describe what we are beautifully. But it doesn't matter how active the scripture is, what matters is what hears it. What hears the message. And I'm telling you, the mental state has, is like the thousand on Indra, and they all have mitts. And they catch every fucking message. So you hear that you're a lion, and you are a lion, but there's the identification as a sheep, and that message, you're a lion, turns into, I can become like a lion. Very, 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 very fast. Extremely fast. To the point where you'll want to try to be a non-self as a self. So if you catch the heist, you don't need to hear about what you are. You'll find out about what you are. What you need to hear is about what you're not, so you can recognize it from what you are. Yeah? This message is not to anybody in this room. I saw the fallacy of all that before, a long time ago. This message is always thrown over your head. I'm not talking to you about Big M Mind. I'm talking to Big M Mind about you. Because that's the only value that can be. You've heard so much fucking shit. What happened, what you need is let mind hear it and then see what happens. It gets just a little and it makes a huge amount out of it. Yeah? So when the mind recognizes, hey, I may not be that which I've been taking myself to be, that can change things. But when you get, you may not be that which you're thinking you are to be, there's still the you that thinks it's the one. Yes? Yeah, yeah. So this is just a way of and it's never done to me it became the last answer you know? I had no idea that when I went to that day in Berkeley it was going to set off sets of circumstances that brought me fortune which I never felt I deserved and that which I heard was another answer has become the last answer I haven't looked for any other since then and basically all it demands is entertaining it so you lose interest in that which you're not, and you gain interest in that which you are, and you entertain it. Yeah. And it's always available at all times. And it's an incredible... It's like... You know how we can make so much shit out of nothing? We have an incredible power. Right now, we are miracle workers, every one of us. A lot of us have brought an imaginary day into the day, last week, and or we're sitting here bringing in imaginary days called next week here. And we're actually producing effects from what's not happening on ourselves right now, on this apparatus. That's a power, an incredible power, that we can make shit out of nothing. I mean, really. I mean, Jesus had his big, supposedly in his you know, pantheon of miracles, the big one was when he raised Lazarus from the dead. But Lazarus at least had been alive at one time. We're making shit out of nothing all day. A much more incredible miracle than raising some. We're raising shit out of nothing. I mean, Lazarus was alive once. We're making shit out of nothing all day. And And we're allowing it because it's about us, that love and cherishing of what we're not. We're allowing it to have total sway on the navigation of today. It's just mind-boggling to me. I mean, just the basic level of the heist is just totally mind-boggling. Where that which we are has been pushed seemingly so far from us that most of us don't even have any interest to search for. 
like we've been neutered. We don't even want to mate anymore. We're like those big cats who are really great, and then the balls are taken away, and then become like fucking dirigibles at home. They eat all day, like 40-pound cats. You know what I mean? They're not, they don't go out anymore. They're fucking, they've been neutered. So we, we've, it's been such a switcheroo that most people in this place, if you want to call them people, have no interest in it at all. That's an incredible uh, heist. Yeah? In other words, the biggest robbery of all times, and the one who seemed to got robbed is, hey, fuck it. <laughs> I can tolerate this. I can tolerate not being loved the rest of my life as the source of love. I can tolerate I can live with that. As long as I like look good while I'm doing it. <laughs> Go shopping and wear something nice. I'm, I'm all stoked for that. Come on over here, but Yeah? I'll, I'm all, I'll sign up. I'll sign, I'll sign up for that. Yeah. But it's and then if there is an interest in it, there, if there is a yearning or there's like a question, or if you just took LSD when you were young and you saw the absurdity of everything happening, mm-hmm. yeah, it takes that that relevance, that realization, and misdirects it. So it's now objectifies what you are and now sets up a seeking and a lot of processes to get to that all the while hiding the fact that you are what you're looking for the whole time. And then by after eight years of practicing, the mental state has so much investment in in the meditation pillows, the fucking yoga outfits, you know, maybe you're on yoga magazine. You don't want to fucking give it up. You know what I mean? Shit, you've been, you've been, you know, the bling got you, so to speak. You're like, fuck it, man. I'm a spiritual giant. I'm a circuit speaker. Fuck. I don't want to give that up. <laughs> it wins you over in so many ways. And then, you know, and then you get, you starve in a sense. It's like that, it's the old story when the, in, in Hinduism when there's that beggar in the front of the gate of the city and, and he's begging all day and people are treating him bad and this and that. And then one guy, asks, he asks the guy for something, the guy goes, look in your pocket. So the guy's too uh, embarrassed to do it now, so he waits till he goes to back to his own box in the, in, the, in the ghetto and he looks in the pocket and there's a diamond. It wasn't placed there, it had always been there. Yeah? It's like the story that Ramana says where there's a lady who has a necklace and she thinks and it's always thinking. Yeah? All the impossibilities that we're entertaining are always preceded by thinking. So, and she thinks she's lost the necklace. She can't find the necklace. Yeah? So she goes to all her friends and says, hey, will you help me try to find the necklace? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and they all start going on this noble hunt to find the necklace for her. And then one person comes in and says, hey, listen, it's on your neck. And she goes, what? And then she feels it. And she goes, hallelujah, I found the necklace. Yeah? Now that's her experience. But did she find the necklace? It hadn't gone anywhere. It had always been on there. But the funny thing is, when she believed it was gone, and then she believed she found it, when she believed she lost it, she was miserable, and now she's happy, though it had always been there. Yeah, such a weird thing. Her belief that was gone was more than enough to produce an effect of misery, even though it wasn't gone. Gone. That's the power we are. We can 
seemingly forget what we are sufficiently to make it through 80 years, maybe 90 years of this thing called time. We cannot forget it because it's never gone. <laughs> how can you forget what's always here? And also, how can you remember what's always here? You, it, it would have to not be here to remember it. It's so far beyond any distance the mental state likes to put in it. You're right here, right now. Boom, oh, like that. But the funny thing is, when she believed, though the neck, she could have been saying, I've lost my necklace, with her hand on the necklace, and she could see everything and produce a miserable state out of it. And then, once, oh, someone pointed out to me, I'm happy as hell from now on, but you always... <laughs> Don't see the insanity of that? You see how we're rolling it? We can override here what's so by what's seemingly so. It doesn't change anything. What's so is what's so. You and I and all of us are awake right now. We're inherently, we're awaking. We're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. There is no arm of vision that's sticking out. It's not a thing. Yes, there's some demonstration of what we are, not a thing that's engaged. See, and with no effort or thought. So basically, we're all awake. But here, in this dreaming, there's no here, there's just hearing. There's only that. It's never. Nothing ever happened. Everything is happening, but nothing ever happened. Nothing has ever come to pass. There's just passing, constantly. Where reality? Yeah? Where the reality? So, if this reality takes itself to be something else, yes, through that identification as being a thing, it can lend reality to everything else. That's what it does. Does it change the fact? No. So, we're all inherently awake, but here we can seemingly, seemingly be asleep to it or seemingly be awake to it. But it, neither of those conditions, seeming conditions, change the fact that we're awake. Now, it's really cooler if you're already awake and your ability to seem to be awake or not awake aligns with what is so. It's got some major mojo juice. Then the insane, which takes so much efforting to deny, being an act of denying the awakeness by seemingly being asleep, that's like a fucking, that's why we're so exhausted. It's like a marathon. You're, you're huffing and puffing, and the blow-up doll has tons of pinholes. It keeps leaking. <laughs> and it's so insane. In the seemingly being awake, seemingly being asleep, you can make being awake a goal. that will Your pursuit of it will reinforce that you're seemingly asleep. As Ramana says in that statement, your practices themselves, right, the practice themselves may be used to reinforce the imaginary non-existent thing. How can they destroy it? Well, they're being used for that one function, and then you believe the other functions, I'm going to destroy that fucking phantom killer or whatever. But really, all they're trying to destroy it is reinforcing its reality. Oops! And there you have it. Now you can sense it. That fucking brilliant pause. And great sound effects. 
All right, that's it.